Please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, send us your spirit that we might rightfully understand your scripture, that Christ is presented to us and received by faith, who is the center and the core, Christ who lived and died and rose for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. In greetings and peace, the name of Jesus, who is the head of his church. So may I ask you, does your family open presents on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning? Chances are you got that habit from your parents, your parents got that habit from your grandparents. So tell me, do you eat turkey on Thanksgiving Day and ham on Christmas or Easter? Chances are you got that habit from who? Your parents and your grandparents. Are there things in your family that get passed down the line? For example, I am named after my grandfather. My father bears my name. Of course, I have my name and my son. His middle name echoes my name. I don't know what he will name his sons. But those things are passed down the line. Have you received heirlooms over the generations that you keep? They're precious because they are passed down from your great-grandparents and grandparents to your parents and you. Do you plan to pass them down? As well as maybe possessions or special items in your lives. Those are things that get passed down line from line. Family pictures, family histories, possessions, names. They are sort of threads that in many ways, the practices and traditions of our families, they're sort of threads that in many ways are unseen, but they sort of tie families together over generations, especially people who never met each other. It sort of reminds me of the American army. It's once said that the American army is a long green line. Just not a long green line of the number of soldiers who march, but the American army is a long green line that just not only marches in space, but it marches through time. It's a long green line that began in Revolutionary War, it's the War of 1812, the Civil War, First and Second World War, Vietnam, and to conflicts beyond. That long green line is an army that marches through time to protect us with the guarantees of our Constitution, and that's just not only for now, but for generations to come. So for those who serve in the armed forces, they see themselves just not as an armed force of today, but those who reflect to the past and for those things for future generations. It continues to go on, much like heirlooms or possessions or our family names. They tie things together from generation to generations. So in the gospel, Jesus encounters a Gentile woman and the Gentile woman is distraught because her child is ill. And as we know, when our children are ill and we cannot get them better, they cause it great distress for us. And she asks our Lord, Jesus, will you heal my child? And to the astonishment and surprise of her and to Jesus' disciples, Jesus says, I don't give food to the dogs. Sort of an insult. See, we in America, we love our dogs. They get treats, we dress them up, they get haircuts, we give them perfume, they sleep in our beds. We love dogs in America. Somebody once said we love dogs in America because they don't talk back to us, right? They always greet us at the door and they're always very friendly. 
But in the Middle East, at Jesus, in Jesus' days, dogs were disgusting. They were filthy. They were scavengers. And so when Jesus told this woman whose child was ill, I will not heal her. I do not give stuff to dogs. You can see how offensive that was. But then the woman in faith said, yes, Lord. However, the scraps from the, from the table, even the dogs eat. And Jesus said, great is your faith. Your child is healed. You see, Jesus understood, I have come for the lost sheep of Israel. He understood his ministry in line. He came first for the Jews and for the Gentiles. Jesus Christ understood himself and his ministry in line with his Father's plan from all eternity that blesses many generations. So I want to talk to you about that. Jesus and his ministry, his purpose. Let me do this first. Let's talk about the best way to understand the Bible. What's the best way to understand the Bible? Well, one thing is we can listen to what the media says about it. Turn on the news and see what talking heads and pundits and reporters say. You can also listen to what late-night comedians say about the Bible. You could watch various TV shows of what they say about the Bible. And you can get your information from the Bible from just watching what people on the media say about the Bible. What do you think? Yeah. Another way people get information from the Bible is they listen to the talk on the street about the Bible. I go out to eat, and I hear people talk about the Bible. I go out to eat. Uh, I go, go and meet with some friends, and I hear what the Bible is talked about. I listen to the talk on the street, what people say about the Bible, and I give my information from the Bible then and there. Well, you know God helps those who what? Help themselves. And that's where I give my information from the Bible. I just listen to what people say, and I sort of take it in from there. That's maybe not the best thing to do either. Another way people look at the Bible is they read bits and pieces and use it to defend their point. It happens all the time. I have a political agenda, or I have a purpose in my life, or I have this thing going on in my life, and I open up a Bible, open up the Bible, and I find this verse that supports myself, and I use it. And that's how the Bible gets used by a lot today. So if you live, as we live in 2019 America, one would think that there's only one verse in the Bible. That's judge ye not unless ye be judged. That's the most popular verse in the Bible today. Don't judge me. Don't judge what I do. Don't judge what I do things with. Don't judge me for anything I do. For some people, they would think that the Bible's comp composed of only one verse. Don't judge me. Well, there's another way that you can understand the Bible. And that's listen solely to TV preachers. I don't go to church. I listen to what the TV preacher said. And the TV preacher said this. And I watch church on TV and I listen to what the TV preachers say. And sometimes, with all love, people say, well, Pastor Muse and Pastor Luring, what you say from the pulpit isn't the same as what the TV preachers say. Believe us, okay? That's another way people get information about the Bible. They listen to TV preachers. I'd rather have this happen. Pray for the Holy Spirit and read it what? Read the Bible yourself. There's a reason why we were all taught to read. There's a reason why we in the Western culture, what I call Western, what I call Europe and North and South America, were taught to read. We were taught to read so we could read which book? Say it. The Bible. 
Sunday school is invented to teach children to read so they can read what? The Bible was translated from different languages into English so we could all what? Read the Bible. Open it up and read it yourself. Martin Luther once said that the Bible is worth more in a layperson's hand than it is in the Pope's hands. Open it up and read it for yourself. A chapter a night, two chapters a night. Open it up and read it. That's why God gave you the ability to read. That's what you're taught to read. And the other thing you could do is allow God to send godly messengers to help you understand it. Hence, God sends to his church preachers and teachers and prophets and elders to help you understand the Bible, help you read it. But see, this is what the Bible really is. The Bible really is a long red line. If you really want to understand the Bible, it's very simple. The Bible is a long red line that begins in Genesis and ends in Revelation. If you understand this, for the most part, you understand the core of the Bible. Well, let me explain it to you. In Genesis, the Bible says that God will send one who will crush the serpent's head. Who is that? Jesus. Then Abraham, it's shared with him that from him will come a descendant who will bless all nations. And who is that person? Say it. Jesus. And then Moses, when he delivered Israel, was told, take a male lamb without blemish or spot, I want you to kill it without breaking any of its bones. Take its blood, paint it on your doorpost so that the angel of death, what? Passes over. By the way, who is the male lamb without blemish or spot who shed his blood for the salvation of all? Who is that? Then David the king, the master king. Matter of fact, Israel's flag has a star of David on it. Was he promised from you, from your king, from you, a king will come whose reign will be what? Everlasting, everlasting. Who's that? Jesus. Then Isaiah the prophet, 750 years before Jesus was born, said this. He is pierced for our transgressions and by his wounds are healed. The prophet Isaiah refers to who? Jesus. And then Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. One third of their books are, donated, are, are dedicated focused, lasered into Jesus' death and resurrection. And even Jesus says this himself, while the Pharisees are blowing their hot air. Jesus says this, you guys think you know the Bible? You search the scripture, but these are the scriptures that speak of who? Me. What is the long red line? Who is a red long, long line? Say it. Whenever you look at the Bible, you open it up. Everything centers on, focuses out of, comes into, and expands on Jesus Christ. And even the book of Revelation. The end book talks about the book of hope for believers in Jesus who calls his faithful home. St. Paul, the champion of the New Testament church, said this very succinctly, to a long red line, he says, for a while I was with you, I claim to know nothing but who? Jesus Christ and him what? Crucified. If you want to understand the Bible, it's very simple. The Bible has a long red line from Genesis to Revelation, who proclaims, speaks of, champions, triumphs, highlights, expands, 
Who? Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Now, Dr. Martin Luther said this about the long red line and about reading the Bible. He says this, Who will not receive Jesus Christ, whom we Christians preach, those who don't receive Jesus Christ, whom we, we Christians preach, as the center of the Bible, should let the Bible rest in peace. Close it, put it down, and don't read it anymore. If a person doesn't see Jesus Christ as the center of the Bible, why? Because they'll become blinder and madder the longer they what? Study it. They miss the boat. They're blind. They can't see what's in front of them. So who's the center? What's the core of the Bible? The long red line who? Jesus Christ. So right now I'd like to maybe just talk about a little bit of that long red line. And you heard in the Old Testament lesson. You heard who? The story of Ruth and Naomi. Their husbands were guest workers in a foreign land. That's nothing new. Maybe you worked in a foreign land. You have a visa or a green card. They worked in a foreign land. It was good money, and now they were widows. And religion was tied to their national identity. And I'm going back in time a little bit, but follow me here. I remember when I was a kid, if a person was an Italian, chances are they were Roman Catholic, right? When I was a kid, if you're from England, chances are you belong to Episcopalian Church. If you're a Russian, chances are you belong to what? The Eastern Orthodox Church, correct? From Scotland, chances are you're a Presbyterian. From Ireland, chances are you were a Catholic. Do everyone understand that? If you're from Northern Germany, chances are you're a Lutheran. If you're from Southern Germany, chances are you're what? A Roman Catholic. Yes, that's how it was. Religion's tied to it. Religion's tied to national identity. Have you guys ever been to Shipshawana? What's in Shipshawana? Say it. Yeah, whenever you think of the Amish, you have to think about their religion. It's one and the same. They dress the way they dress. They drive the buggies around. They do the work they do. Their work ethic, everything is tied to their religion. You can't think about the Amish unless you think about their what? Their religion. Who the Amish are is tied directly to their religion. Can't think of it any other way. Been to Shipshawana, the auctions, the flea markets, everything's tied together. My wife and I, we took our 10th anniversary trip to Shipshawana. We were married on May 28th. It just happened to be that May 28th, that year was Ascension Day, and all the Amish places closed down. We don't even have Ascension Day services sometime in Lutheran churches. Amish, their identity is tied to their what? Their religion. You understand that? Okay. So, Naomi worshipped the true God, and she wanted to go back to Israel. To be an Israelite, to worship the Israelite God. Ruth, her daughter-in-law, worshipped Shemesh, who is a pagan god. That was her national identity. But in love, in one of the most moving verses of all the Bible, many times you use them for weddings and marriages, this is what Ruth said. In love and faith, she says, wherever you go, I will go, and where you stay, I stay. Your people will be my people, and ready for this, your God will be my God. Ruth was joined into a long red line. She became a follower of Yahweh. She became an heir of Jesus Christ. 
The woman who worshipped a pagan god was brought into God's kingdom. And they returned to Israel. And what? Ruth married Boaz, Boaz married Ruth, and they gave birth to a son, a kinsman redeemer, and he took care of him. Now here's the real blessing. Ready for this? Obed gave birth to Jesse. Jesse gave birth to David. And the long red line, what? Continued. And in that long red line comes Ruth, once a worshiper of a pagan false god, brought to God's kingdom, part of the long red line, by God's gracious and mysterious power. Now, this is what Matthew says in the genealogy of Jesus, which is nothing more than the long red line explained. A record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother of Ruth, Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David. And you know David's son who? Jesus Christ. What a wonderful story of mercy and grace. And that mercy and grace, you and I were brought into that long red line too of Jesus Christ. For many of you, it was at the baptismal font. For some of you, it was in a classroom. For some of you, it's when someone came to your home and shared Jesus Christ, died and rose for you and me because we are sinners. For some of you, you heard a message in this house or another house where you heard Jesus died and rose for you, and by faith, we became what? Part of the long red line of Jesus Christ, whom the Bible speaks, who died and rose for us. Remember your baptism. Jesus Christ, the Lord's Supper for you and for me. What a blessing that is. See, we're part of a long red line. Stretches back to Adam and Eve and stretches forward to eternity. What a joy that is. So how about this for a closing thought? The long red line. What love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen.